Hey, 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 welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm your host, Joe Kirk, and with me today is Chad Larson filling the big shoes for Kelly Kirk. First, so. first time hosting with you. Yeah. Looking forward to it. For those that don't know, Chad is the owner of the station, so <laughs> it was really great to have Chad... Uh, you know, want to come on the show and help us out, co-host while Kelly's on uh, on leave. Yeah, give her a little break. Give her she a little break. It. That's right. Chad, you're also one of the newest Rotarians yep. as well. well. Two months in now, uh, you dine the morning side. That's awesome. Loving it. We thought it would be That's such a awesome. great... Yeah. Th- thanks, Alex. Um, and, you know, today we have a fabulous guest, Alex Johnson, Rotary Coordinator, um, and you come to us from Texas, correct? Yes, Plano, Texas. Plano, North Texas. Dallas. Football and steaks, right? Ribs. <laughs> ribs? Okay, all right. I was close. 50. <laughs> but all of the above. Steaks, ribs. As long as it's big, Texas is good with it. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Alex is the Rotary Coordinator, um, essentially – Overseas membership for the zone. Uh, can you remind us what zones? Zones 25B, which is seven districts in Texas, and zone 29, which is 16 districts in Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. Right up, the, right up the middle. Yeah, the Midwest, upper Midwest. <laughs> 1,200 clubs and 15,000 Rotarians. I'm 50,000 Rotarians. Wow. That's a ton. Well, it was uh, 49,499 until Chad joined. So <laughs> Chad made it. Man. Yeah. Were really good. It should be a party. Well, Alex, thanks again so much for, for being on the show. And we're really excited to talk about you know membership. We're excited to talk about how to uh, grow our clubs especially since COVID where it's been really challenging for all, um, you know, organized uh, groups to, to really build their membership. And, you know, you've seemed to kind of unlock a secret sauce that, you know, judging by your personality, I, I think I can figure out exactly why you've been successful, but excited to, uh, to hear a little bit more about it. So let's first start with talking about you. Let's Let's get into you. So you're from Plano, Texas. Is that where you were born and raised or just where you ended up? Oh, get back to the wee days. Yes. <laughs> no, I was born in Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, so wow. Minnesota is not cold to me. Yeah. <laughs> I go, actually, I go to Minnesota for work once a year. So before Tricon, I'm in Minneapolis for a week working. So it kind of ties together. So I usually go in the winter. So this will be kind of fun. But I was born in Fairbanks, Alaska. Went to high, well, more importantly, went to Purdue University for college. We kicked butt during the season and got annihilated first round, but oh well, go Purdue, <laughs> boiler up. And then I've been in Texas since 1988. That's when I graduated um, college and joined Rotary 20 years ago. Awesome. How did you join Rotary? How did you hear about it? It's, it's interesting because there's, you know, there's a saying everybody says, and it applies to me. I joined for the networking and I stayed for the service. That's exactly why I joined. I started my company 20 years ago. I heard about this group that I never heard about, a bunch of uh, influencers in our city that met for lunch. So I'm like, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> and I want and I lunch. Somebody in it. <laughs> Expensive lunch. <laughs> oh, you know. 
<laughs> and that's where I went. I did not know anything about Rotary. I just knew it was all the important people in our city were there and then got involved in the service. And actually, I kind of really felt strongly about doing things in the community. And then it was just by chance. I really got to owe my current direction in Rotary to my daughter. She had joined an interact club. She's now in college, but she joined an interact club in middle school. And then when she moved to high school, I actually sponsored. I was the Rotarian advisor for her interact club. And through that, I got involved in district leadership for interact and youth services. And then that's when I started seeing the bigger, bigger Rotary. And actually, my current club was a check writing club. And I ended up moving to a different club that was, did a little more service. And that's where I really found my passion for Rotary and basically you know, why I do what I do today. That's awesome. And, you know, we ask a lot of the people that are on this show on how do they join Rotary. And I tell you what, that seems to be the, the most common uh, answer is, you know, it, I mean, that seems like yeah. one of the big reasons why Chad Absolutely. joined is that, oh, my gosh, look at all these great people that are part of this club. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, my gosh, they do so much great stuff. I want to be part of this. And then, you know, you figure out that you can also influence what you do within the club too. So like once you figure that out and you're very spirited about something and you can usually uh, gather at least a handful of people to support you um, along the way and boom, and then it just goes. It's it's just a really incredible uh, organization that I think we all, we all benefit greatly from. And, you know, so... You've held a lot of different uh, roles within Rotary. What was your favorite so far? Actually, I love what I'm doing now. My, my life passion, I'm a business coach. It's what I do for a living. And I coach CEOs on scaling their business, taking it to the next level. One of the things I start off with is your life plan. You know, you got to know where you're going to go <laughs> first. Then you make sure your company's aligned. Yeah. And part of that life plan is identifying what your passion is. What, what, when you die, what do you want to be known for doing? It's not making money. I mean, Chad, I'm sure that's not, you know, people, oh, Chad made money. <laughs> you know, what more to that? Yeah. And for me, it was inspiring others to serve in the local community. That's what I want my life to do. And so that's what I get to do. Well, now I bigger platform, like I said, 50,000 Rotarians, I get to make an impact on that I love what I'm doing. It's the only reason I'm doing it. I always tell everybody, if you don't like what you're doing in Rotary, do something else. Yeah. <laughs> don't be miserable. <laughs> Life is too short to be grinding it out. And so uh, that's how I'm. That's how I am. You know, as a as somebody new to Rotary, what was the first service project, or what was the you know the first where you really got involved? Obviously, you joined, but you know, as I'm kind of joining, I'm trying to figure out or you know have passions. But what was the, your first? Um, Area where you really took off and started to serve? Well, for me, that, that question really was working with the Interact yep. Club. I, I've done a lot of leadership in my life, and that's one of my skill sets is being able to lead. And being able to lead high schoolers just brought in a new level of energy. And what I when I was working with, and we actually, when we took it to the district level, we had over 50 Interact Clubs. And I was very hands-on with all the Interact presidents and the Rotary Club presidents. And what I told the Interactors is, it's not about a meeting. If you have 50 people show up at a meeting, 
that is not successful. If you have two people that show up at a service project, that's successful because that's what Rotary is about, changing lives. Because a lot of times they would get caught up in, well, we got to get all these people to join the club and they're going to join the meeting. And so what I pushed is, who cares how big you are? It's how many service projects you do. And yeah. so we just had it. And then I also had them partner with the Rotary Club. And I made it real kid driven. You know, if people, instead of Rotarians telling them what to do or teachers telling them what to do, if they get to plan it and do it themselves, then it becomes part of them. And it's amazing what anybody can do if they're vested or empowered. And so that's what was exciting for me, seeing high schoolers from all over the Dallas area doing service projects with their friends, with Rotarians, and being inspired. And a lot of those high schoolers are now Rotarians. I mean, when, when I was president of our club, we had over a third of our club was under 30. We had, I think, seven or eight that were under 20 that would join Rotary as soon as they turned 18. Wow. Well, these are interactors that I had worked with because they saw Rotary for what it was, a service opportunity. And so that, so it wasn't really a project I worked on, but it was. Once again, it was leadership, wide spirit. Like I said, what is my passion? Inspiring others to serve. That was where I really got the first opportunity to do what really drives me inside. So then I just took that same concept and applied it to a Rotary Club. That's awesome, Alex. And you know that's going to be a perfect segue as we we move into the other the other segments of the show about how to successfully rebuild, build uh, clubs based on service. And you know as we, we're going to head out of our first segment here in a moment, and um, it's just so interesting because you're not the first person that on the show that has said, you know, the service component is what really drives your membership. We've had a couple other folks on here that have really uh, pushed the, the service component as the main driver as for gathering new members because it's, it's just doing something. It's being active. It's, it's, um, it's just being in motion. So we're really excited. Engagement. Yeah. The engagement. And and then you're engaging people that are not necessarily Rotarians as well. So that, that's, that's kind of that mixture, right? Um, so we're really, you start to see the impact and that, uh, yeah. is rewarding. Yeah. And I mean, once you see it, you believe it. I mean, that's just how we are as a society. So um, you guys just took my whole pitch. Yeah. Done. Well, Everything you're saying, I agree. That's exactly what I talk about when I'm when I'm in Brainerd. That's what you guys are saying and what I'll be talking about. Go ahead, and we're going to talk about it some more on the other side of the break. So as a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. Get ready for the Imagine Rotary Tri-District Conference on April 29th at beautiful Madden's on Gull Lake. This conference is the perfect opportunity to connect with fellow Rotarians in a shared vision of welcome, engagement, and involvement. Here are just a few reasons to attend. Education, where you'll learn about professional development and hear from a variety of expert speakers to make you a better Rotarian. Camaraderie, where you'll create memories and make lifelong friends with fellow Rotarians. Celebration, where you can join the fun with entertainment and activities that celebrate your hard work and dedication to Rotary. Inspiration, where you can leverage the presence of over 160 clubs under one roof and find your next club service project. And finally, Recognition, where you can join us in saying thank you for all you do to live out the mission of Rotary. Don't miss the Imagine Rotary Tri-District Conference on April 29th at Madden's on Gull Lake. Be part of an unforgettable experience and register now at imagine.rotarymidwest.org. That's imagine.rotarymidwest.org. 
Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Hey, welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk and with me is... Chad Larson. Hey, thanks, Chad. Uh, And just a reminder, you can catch this show on your podcast subscription, whatever podcast source you subscribe to it's it's all there google play you name it but just remember to drop us a like like and favorite and a five-star review oh and a review like and favorite that'll that'll get it in the box more oh there you go (laughs) even better and as a reminder we do have alex johnson on our show with us and we are talking a lot about membership and specifically I think a really great spot to access this, Alex, is let's talk about COVID and what happened. And really to all membership organizations, really, through through or through COVID, is there was some challenging time to keep uh to keep membership. And, you know, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about that and um just how you identified the challenges that came from it and then what you did. That's amazing that you brought that up. Good job, because you've done your research. (laughs) Well, I was one of those fun COVID presidents. So I had a great year planned out, just you know, like the club used to do. And then boom, in March, COVID hit. Well, the president, I was president-elect. The president at the time, he fell off the face of the earth. I mean, seriously, quit coming to meetings, wanted to cancel everything. So he agreed to hand over presidency to me. So I started three months early. (laughs) Yay. That wasn't my plan. And so we're just dealing with all these changes. And we were a traditional Rotary Club, 21 members, 18 of them were men. Median age was 67. I was a young guy at 52, 53. You know, they wanted more young guys like me. I was the only minority in the club. So typical Rotary Club, right? And so what it's, especially given that where you guys are, the George Floyd incident is what um, initiated what really took our club to the next level. I'm, I'm not a protester, but I wanted to do something. And instead of doing the normal things, I'm like, okay, how can I use my rotary platform to do something? So let's affect, let's make some positive impact on those that are affected by systemic racism. And so we partnered with a community development organization that did work in the most impoverished, highest minority neighborhood in Plano, Texas, called the Douglas Community. And we formed a Rotary Community Corps, which um, your area has Rotary Community Corps for some of the um, different populations as well. And so 
what we did, long story short, all this was happening during COVID. So we were helping, an RCC is you have non-Rotarians and the Rotary Club helps them in the community. Well, they wanted help delivering food. And so I went to my club and said, hey, they're just handing foods out to, you know, the different people in the neighborhood. Nobody in the club wanted to help because we're a check writing club. You know, we're an older club. So I'm like, oh, this sucks. Okay, so I started <laughs> texting friends. Hey, come meet me here, help deliver food. They weren't Rotarians. They showed up. We delivered food. We Then we did it two weeks. Then after doing that a couple of times, my club members, I would come back and tell them. I'm like, yeah, we're doing this Rotary project. You want to show up? They're like, what do we have to do? Just show up for two hours. Nothing more. That's it. So they started showing. But more importantly, people in the community started showing because everybody wanted to make an impact because this was a service project that was outdoors. I, I'm very COVID conscious, even though I was in Texas. I said, if you don't wear a mask, you cannot serve with us. And I told people to go home or we gave them masks. And we just grew. So to cut to the chase from delivering food in this impoverished community through our Rotary Community Corps, we started adding four new members a month. And the secret was we had majority non-members that were volunteers. And so our club, just like I said, four members a month growing. So we actually tripled in size over that 12-month period of time from 21 to 63. Rotary International said we were the fastest growing Rotary Club in North America. And more importantly, we diversified. Mm -hmm. We became majority women. Our median age dropped from 67 to I think it was like 50. I mean, we had a lot of young people, college students join. Why? Because people wanted to serve. That's what they wanted. And because it was COVID, we did all virtual meetings. Yep. And people would say, oh, I don't have time for these meetings. I'm like, don't go. They're like, what Rudy makes you go? No. What you're doing now is what a Rotarian does, serve. Yep. That's what's more important. You know, when we're sitting in a meeting, I'm not changing lives, but when you're out here, you know, in the service project, you are, and that's what's important to Rotary. Well, that resonates with people because usually you say, come to my meeting. Who right. wants meetings? We all hate meetings, but that's how we recruit Rotarians. <laughs> well, know? and I, I think too, that you accidentally stumbled upon something really interesting too, is that through COVID, there was a real vacuum that was created where people wanted to do something yeah. like people wanted to serve like and help others. There was just people were kind of lost on the mechanism on how to do it or the opportunity, depending on where you were at. And so you kind of hit both of those things with not only did you kind of reinvigorate your current Rotary Club, but then you're, you're exposing more and more people to service. And then you're like, well, but Rotary just this is what we do. <laughs> so why don't you come and join Rotary if you like the service stuff and we'll just keep doing a bunch of service. I mean, it, it's, it's really funny. Cause I mean, we've had multiple guests on this show where we've tried to like, you know, solve this problem. And when I heard about your club and specifically what you guys had done, I'm like, it's so simple. Like just, do more service work with and and like make sure that you're engaging into non-rotarians and not just getting a group of rotarians together and serving. get out of the bubble get out of the bubble yep and see I, you guys need to be on my team you guys have got the message that's seriously it you know one is do more service yeah two invite the community to do it with you but then three you got to treat them well when they show up 
Yeah. We have T-shirts that we provide uh, to volunteers. So when they get a T-shirt that says Rotary Volunteer, they feel like they're part of the family. And we have our membership committee. doesn't recruit, but it goes out there and gets to know the, the people that are at the volunteering. How are you doing? What is your name? What do you do? So that we're being inclusive. And everybody looks the same. They don't know that somebody's been in Rotary or not because they're all wearing the volunteer T-shirts and doing the work. And they're like, yeah, this is a family I want to be a part of. Yeah. So it's really simple. But we are stuck in our ways. I've been in Rotary 20 years. You know, we, we've got all the little Rotary traditions we don't want to give up. But so did BlackBerry. Uh, so did uh, Blockbusters. <laughs> and so did Kodak. Yeah. They, had, they had traditions they didn't want to give up. And where are they now? So, Alex, I just to, to kind of coattail on that is, you know, you, you've got Rotarians and non-Rotarians listening to this show. And so what piece of advice do you have for every community service chair in every club that's listening to this? Because I used to be a community service chair and going like, how, how do I engage everybody that's listening to this call? What, what, what piece of advice, one piece of advice do you give that person? Because I know that that's a, it's a really tough role to have. It really isn't, but Rotary makes it tough. You know what it is? Find a nonprofit in your community that's doing good. Do you know of any? Yeah. Of course you do. Then say, hey, how can we help you? Wait, not how can we write you a check, but how can we help you? Do you need volunteers? And they'll say, yes, we need volunteers. Well, then your Rotary Club signs up people to go as your group to volunteer for that nonprofit. And that's the key. A lot of times when Rotary Clubs partner with a nonprofit, they just send their volunteers there. Well, that's not Rotary. You own them, take them in as your volunteers, and you be there as a group of Rotarians and their volunteers to help that nonprofit. So then what happens? You're impacting a, a, a need in your community that already exists, too. You're getting the community to partner through your club. And three, that agency is loving you and their volunteers are going to want to know more about your Rotary Club. And they're going to join because your club believes what they believe in. It's not that complicated, but it's just changing that paradigm. No, it's it's so simple. It's not fair. Like, honest, <laughs> honestly, it's so simple. It's not fair. And I actually just wrote down on a piece of paper here uh, an idea for our club specifically is all the organizations that, cause we just divvied out all of our, our money for the year, all the organizations that we did not give money to, we should do a service project for done. Well, easy. And the ones yeah. we gave money to, well, they and, better find some service and, projects for you. And, Hopefully that money is going somewhere. Right. Right. <laughs> and, but I'm just thinking of like, how, how do you serve all the people that are asking for money is maybe, maybe you don't give them money, but we can gear service projects directly towards the work with them. Have the, well, let me tell you something um, controversial. Just do it in 20 seconds. (laughs) American Cancer Society. You've heard of them, right? Big nonprofit. When they fundraise, who do they write checks to? I don't know. Who do they write checks to? Not me. American Cancer Society. (laughs) We are one of the only nonprofits in the world that fundraises and gives checks to other nonprofits. And we have our own. When a club fundraises, they need to be giving it to the Rotary Foundation because that's our 501c3. And if they want to impact a local community, partner with those agencies and get on and be partners. Volunteer work. Because if you add up the value of your labor, it's much more than a check that you can write. But our own nonprofit needs your help. I love it. 
I love it. And we're going to continue to talk about this in the next segment. And just as a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk. Chad Larson here with you. We're back. Welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm Joe Kirk, and with me is Chad Larson. Awesome. So glad to have you on, Chad. <laughs> and uh, we are actually brought to you by Di- Rotary Districts 5950 and 5960. So thank you so much for uh, those districts for fitting the bill to put this show on. <laughs> Wouldn't be here without them. Wouldn't be here without them. And as a reminder, Alex Johnson is our guest today. And Chad, you have a great question. Yeah, we were talking in the commercial break. Uh, one of the things that attracted me to join Rotary was seeing an increase in, in diversity, females, and frankly, a younger uh, demographic in there than when I had visited one 10 years ago. And in doing some research on Alex before he joined us, uh, that was something that you really worked hard on and had a lot of success on. Um, and probably, you know, obviously you do something, you do that in your personal work too. Um, but tell us more about how you've uh, evolved the Rotary and how you impact it through diversity. I love that question because it's a very important Rotary question because, you know, DE&I is a significant topic for Rotary and we know we need to make some changes. And as I was saying in break, we've heard lots of presentations on what DE&I is and how to be understanding and respectful. But Rotarians leave these presentations, they're like, okay, besides having a lot of listening tours, what are we going to do? <laughs> how yeah. do we make, how do we move the needle? That's key. And it's really simple. It's just as simple as what we talked about in the last segment, through service. But this is the twist. Look at your club. Rotary wants Rotary clubs to represent their community. We're not trying to get diversity for the sake of diversity. You know, I, I've talked to one um, district membership chair. His club is, his city is 90% white. I'm like, don't worry about minorities. I mean, if you get one in your club, you're good to go. But <laughs> what is your female population? Yeah. Is it yeah. 51%, which is typically what the population of women? What about your club? He's like, no. I'm like, what about age? Typical city's got a, a an age of 38. What does your club look like? What about religion? You know, there's what about disabilities? What about, uh, you know, gender preferences? Uh, a community has a lot of uh, diversity beyond just ethnicity. So the trick is, how do you tackle it? Well, women, it's so easy to recruit women to Rotary. And you're probably thinking, what, what? Find, do service projects that attract women. Because remember, service attracts members because you get volunteers and they join. So do service projects that women are interested in. Every community has a very large organization that women love to volunteer. It's called the school district. Yeah, I was just going to say. The majority of volunteers of the school district are women. Partner with your school district. Their superintendent's probably in your club. It is. (laughs) How can we help? Well, then this is the key. Let the community, don't go to your club for volunteers. Go to the community. Who's it going to be? Those PTA moms. It's going to be teachers. They're going to volunteer to help. Well, then they're like, Rotary, so cool. They're going to join. Same thing if you're looking for, um, well, ethnicity as well. If you do know that you have an ethnicity that you need that you don't have in your club, well, do service projects 
in areas that affect that ethnicity. That's what happened to Plano West Rotary. We were serving a predominantly black neighborhood. So it wasn't the constituents that joined our club. It was other black people that wanted to help black people that volunteered. And they're like, wow, Rotary helps black people? Rotary has black people in it? Oh my, I'm like, yeah, I'm president. <laughs> so they joined. So our club went from me being the only black to us being 30% black. Why? Because we we had too many blacks, we blew out our percentage. Because I had I have a chart mapping Plano's demographics to our club, and that was my goal. I was strategically targeting service projects to have us be consistent with the city, whether it's women, Hispanics, Asians, even religion. We had multiple religions in our club where before we were all Christian, yeah. and I, that's where my big pride is—not the numbers and magnitude, but the diversity and religion and age and women, ethnicities. Uh, we had three, have three, maybe four members of the LGBTQ community. How did that happen? We partnered on the. Uh, every, last few years, we partnered on the Pride Festival. Yeah. We send like 20, 30 volunteers. And they're like, Rotary supports the LGBTQ community? Of course, we're here. And they would be like, wow, well, we want to be a part of that. So it's just as simple as what we talked before. Do service, but do it intentionally. Because you mentioned before. That was the word that literally came to my head was intentional. Just intentional. That's intentional service. You don't even need me. You too oh could do God. this webinar or this, this podcast. You know what it is. That's so, like, I just, you know, to most problems in life, it's typically a very simple solution. It's just sometimes the execution just takes work and yeah. intention. <laughs> and I think that you Awareness nailed that. Too. Yeah. I think that that just well, was so perfectly said. Past. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And if some you get hung up on, this is what we usually do. This is how we do it. Or this is another thing that hurts clubs. What if the members don't like it? Well, we're not groupthink. I always tell everybody, if you got one Rotarian at a project, it's a Rotary project. Ideally, we want as few Rotarians there as possible because we want to fill it with non-Rotarians because the non-Rotarians who are going to potentially join the club. The Rotarians plan the project. The community are the volunteers in the project, ideally. And that's so much in line with how Rotary is. I've talked about it a million times on this show. Is like the, the thing that I learned right away is delegation, like how to delegate uh, responsibility and ownership out because then you get buy-in and buy into the club. And it's like, I just hear this and I'm like, gosh, we just make this so hard sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. When I talk in clubs, one of the things, or not clubs with districts, the multi-districts, and you'll see it at, um, at your Tricon. I get the people in the audience that think about service projects, but this is what I tell them. We want them small, fun, and impactful. If you need a committee, it's too big. No. Rotary loves committees. They want to plan all year. Those signature projects don't recruit members ever. If they did, we wouldn't have a membership problem. Right. What they do is they, they're usually fundraisers, so we can write a lot of checks that doesn't help the organization, doesn't help the Rotary Foundation, and it doesn't bring us members. Chad, did you join Rotary so you could write a check to a nonprofit in your community? No, no. We, no. we have other opportunities <laughs> to do that. <laughs> But that's what most clubs do. That's their main mission. And they have that big check, pat themselves on the back and say, service above self. We're great check writers. That's like saying I tie, so I'm a good Christian. Yeah. Well, we know it doesn't work that way. <laughs> 
That's really insightful. I, I, I applaud you for distilling it down to such a simple concept and be able to communicate it so well. Um, cause you have me all fired. You have me all, you have me all fired up now. I'm like, Oh, let's, let's go and do this. <laughs> you know, what's scary is that rotary gave me this platform. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, I can see why. Yeah. I can see why too. And I hope you get a larger and larger platform too. Cause there's bigger well, ones good for you. Go. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you know, once- I got a company to run. <laughs> Once you've 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 grown the diversity and you've grown the club, how do you make it sustain? And I think it'll probably go back to what we've talked about. But you know, obviously, there's the engagement is huge and and getting people active. But is there other aspects to keep it sustainable as you've grown, um, not only diversity but clubs in general? That is such a fantastic question, and that's actually the root problem with Rotary because we people leave Rotary. Typically, I think the stat is. But 39% of new Rotarians leave in the first two years. So we lose more than we gain. So one of the things we're focusing on uh, with the next Rotary year is the club experience. And that starts with, as you said, engagement. You have to get your club members engaged. And that's where service is part of that. If they love what the club is doing, they're not going to leave. People leave meetings, especially if they're younger or if the meetings are geared towards a traditional Rotarian, old white men, well, if you're not an old white man, it doesn't really resonate with you. So that's why we leave. So get them engaged. Like, for example, my wife joined Rotary. She's going on her two and a half years. I was in Rotary 17 years before she joined. She didn't like the old Rotary. She's chair of three different committees in our club. She's never been to a meeting because she works for a living. Yeah. It would, she would have to take a two and a half hour lunch and her boss named Chad would fire her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love Rotary, but we need your butt work. Yeah. But she does service. She does her, her club service behind the scenes. That's how you get people engaged, not saying it's all about the meeting. And then what's really important is like a company. How does a company retain its employees? It's through their human resources department, right? Yep. Well, in Rotary, that's called your membership committee. Yeah. But we twisted it and made our membership committee the recruiting committee. Well, if you as a company owner, if they spend all their efforts on recruiting and don't do anything for the employees that are there, what's going to happen? They Same leave. thing that happened to Rotary. We're going to go out the back door. We're going to spend all this effort recruiting, but we lose more than we recruit. Yeah. It's, it's simple. Every business owner in the world knows the message. Your HR department's focus on your people. Well, that's what a membership committee is supposed to do. Focus on our members. And so our service brings them in. Our membership committee makes everybody happy, whether you're a member or not. And then you make sure they're engaged. You provide professional development, leadership opportunities. That's when people leave and they stay when they feel Rotary is helping their lives. I love Just it. Like Speaking of staying, we got to stay on t- time <laughs> and we got to get out of this segment, but we're going to come back with the last one, which I'm really excited to talk about. So just as a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Joseph Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. Woo! Woo! Get ready for the Imagine Rotary Tri-District Conference on April 29th at beautiful Madden's on Gull Lake. This conference is the perfect opportunity to connect with fellow Rotarians in a shared vision of welcome, engagement, and involvement. Here are just a few reasons to attend. Education, where you'll learn about professional development and hear from a variety of expert speakers to make you a better Rotarian. 
Camaraderie, where you'll create memories and make lifelong friends with fellow Rotarians. Celebration, where you can join the fun with entertainment and activities that celebrate your hard work and dedication to Rotary. Inspiration, where you can leverage the presence of over 160 clubs under one roof and find your next club service project. And finally, Recognition, where you can join us in saying thank you for all you do to live out the mission of Rotary. Don't miss the Imagine Rotary Tri-District Conference on April 29th at Madden's on Gull Lake. Be part of an unforgettable experience and register now at imagine.rotarymidwest.org. That's imagine.rotarymidwest.org. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Hey, hey, welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm your host, Joe Kirk, and with me is... Chad Larson. Hey, and we are brought to you by Rotary Districts 5950 and 5960. Thank you so much for allowing us to have a show and to really bring some great people on. Specifically this week, we've got Alex Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can't I mean, seriously, it's been one of my favorites. It's been a really good time. Learning a lot. Uh, learning a lot. And then we're we're kind of diving into this last segment that we hold for, you know, it's, you know, we took Imagine Rotary and we were like, well, let's just in- incorporate this into our show. And, you know, how do you imagine Rotary being in the future? What's your vision for what membership, what Rotary looks like and, you know, what your work payoff will look like? Awesome question. And I hate to tell you, but my vision is actually Rotary's vision. You know, and I'm not going to go through the, our vision statement, but I want Rotary to, to look like the communities that it's serving in. You know, and we're in more countries than the United Nations. Yeah. And so it changes. And I want us to be a service organization, service above self. And that that is how our guiding principles are for us to serve. And so I want our clubs to get out of this check writing, doing lunch and do service projects. And because lunches are just fellowship, mm-hmm. social, happy hours, lunch, breakfast, that's fellowship. Fellowship is so, so, so important. I hate to say, but, and an organization is known for something. We're not a fellowship. We're not a social club. You know, when, if I look at a company owner, I say, what do you do? Well, what do they do? Well, a Rotary Club president should know the same thing. What do you do? Hopefully they say service. Service. If they say good meetings, that's our problem. So I hope that we transition out of this, we're a good meeting organization or we're a check writing organization, and we become a service organization that has the most happy, fun, amazing members often uh, available. And how to do it is really simple. 
Rotary actually put together what they call the Rotary Action Plan. It's Rotary Strategic Plan, and it's consists of four points. And that's actually what um, Plano West Rotary did as a strategic plan, used the Rotary Action Plan. And that's what I guide districts to do. First one, increase your impact. Well, you know what impact is? More service. Yep. <laughs> this is a plan Rotary put out 2019, and most people haven't heard it. The second one, expand your reach. How do you do that? By Through reaching service. out to people who don't <laughs> look like you. <laughs> you know? Increase your impact in the areas that don't look like you, and they will join you. Expand your reach. Three, enhance participant engagement. Weren't we talking about that? Yeah. Get people more involved. Well, you do that through service projects, not check writing and meetings. You do it, you do, do it through fellowship, but get them involved in leadership and service. And the fourth, increase our ability to adapt. What is that? Change. <laughs> we cannot be the old rotary. We've always done it that way. That's Rotary's strategic action plan or the Rotary Action Plan, which is our strategic plan as a global organization. They put it out in 2019. The problem is people don't implement it. Well, know, it sounds, how many companies it, it, have a strategic plan that they don't implement? If they don't, they're going to fail. Yeah, and it, so, it sounds like, and you know, we're going to tease a little bit about what next year's focus is going to be, or one of the focuses is on the club experience. So then take that strategic plan and envision what a club experience looks like uh, with that strategic plan specifically implemented. So how do clubs change? Like how, how does the club experience change then? Well, if your club experience includes more service, well, that's increasing your impact. If the club experience includes service in areas of the community that doesn't look like you, that gets your club more diverse, kind of like Chad said. It's a little different than when he looked at it 10 years ago, so now he's willing to. So if you get members, more women, more young people, more ethnicities, more representative of your community, that improves your club experience. Participant engagement, that's a no-brainer. Get more people involved. I hear from so many organizations, whether it's a district or a club, the same people do the same thing every year. You know, they don't want to give it up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we know what the definition of insanity is, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So to enhance participant engagement, we need to give newer people opportunities of leadership. Chad needs to be a, a, a committee chair or something, or at least on the committee. He's got ideas that your club needs to change. That's you know, professional development, opportunities, getting them involved in service projects. And then, of course, the fourth one, increase your ability to adapt. Well, enhancing the club experience is not something Rotary Clubs typically focus on. Yeah. And that's part of our ability to adapt, of changing. Because we, unfortunately, we can't be the Rotary that we had 118 years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> things have changed we have to adapt to our current situation which are young people women ethnicity uh gender preferences handicapped you know what how we need to adjust our clubs so that we are inclusive to those with handicaps and different levels of handicap and that's a hard thing to approach well that's increasing our ability to adapt so when we are able to intentionally improve our club experience we're going to make it more acceptable to who we want to join, which is our community. Well, then, boom, score. We're doing more service. We have happy members. They don't leave, and we grow, and we raise more money for the foundation so we can do bigger and better service projects. 
That's how I envision Rotary. It won't happen in five years, but that's where we need to go. Yeah. Well, it takes time. But, you know, as, as you've gotten this message out there and you see clubs that are trying to implement and do the right things, what are the biggest roadblocks that you see clubs that push back? Do they push back on you at all? or And, and how do you kind of work with um, – How do you navigate the, the objections? The holdover uh, clubs <laughs> or, you know, that type of thing. The biggest roadblock, roadblock is – the club won't accept it. Yeah. Some reason people think to do a service project, everybody in the club has to agree. Or, or they'll say, the board won't approve it. And I would say, what does a service project have to do with governance? A board should have nothing to do with the service project. <laughs> that's not running a club. And that's what a board of directors does. If your board is worrying about the day-to-day -day activity, they're missing the big picture of what they need to be worried about, governance, financials, you know, strategic planning, and so on. And the, another issue that they have is, well, we don't know what we can do. Well, as we talked earlier, well, instead of reinventing the wheel, which Rotarians love to do because you get to have a, a good committee and plan it out, just go to a nonprofit and yeah. say, hey, how yeah. can we help you? Partner with the police. Say, Not write a check. How yeah. can we help you? Can we bring you volunteers? And we know what they will say. Yes. Well, then within your club, organize that service project of basically bringing volunteers in and, and do it. It's that simple, but that's where people have a hard time. And then here's the other thing that they have a hard time, public image, marketing. Public image is sales and marketing. Our product is service. What we do in our public images, we, we put out our product and then we talk about it after people have purchased it, but we never give them an opportunity of purchasing it. We just brag about how happy it makes us. Well, instead of doing that, let's sell our products. Our product is service. So when you have social media, talk about an upcoming service project, yep. have a link, which is a call to action for them to sign up for that service project. So when somebody sees a, a Facebook a post, it's not talking about this is what we did, we're awesome, or this is my why. It's talking about, hey, we're feeding the needy this Saturday. Click this link if you want to join. And then they click this link, they sign up, they show up. That's another thing that we don't do well. Our public image is after the fact bragging as opposed to selling a product. I think that's really well said because we've, like in our club, we've talked about public image forever. And it it's always been that, like, how do you balance showing people what you've done versus getting people to do a project that you're going to do. <laughs> and, and how do you balance that throughout that? And it's just making, I don't think there's a balance. We got to sell our product, not brag about what's already been done. No company succeeds by bragging about what they've done. I mean, Chad, does your company work that way? No. Nope. Or do you, <laughs> it's selling. Things are always changing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Because when you sell, the community will know what you have done. If you got to talk about what you have done, that means you're probably not making a great impact. Yeah, but it they're going to know. If you're making an impact, they're going to know. But more importantly, you want them to show up. Then you've got everybody selling you. I love it. That's great last words. We've got 30 seconds left here, Alex, and we just want to take the opportunity to thank you so much for yeah, being on the show. Um, and the role you have. And the role you have and uh, just – how inspiring you are. I mean, just even interviewing you, you've been nothing short but inspiring and um, helpful and really driving change and diversity and membership. And I think that that's incredible. So um, thank you so much again for joining us. And as a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Joseph Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. And as a reminder, it's time to stop searching and start serving. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>